Good afternoon. Welcome to The Word. I'm really excited to introduce my next guest. It's somebody I've wanted to interview for a very long time. It is singer-songwriter Tanya Lacey. Hello. Good Yay. afternoon, Tanya. Hey, what's good up, girl? Good afternoon. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, wicked to have you on the show. I am a real fan, I have to say. You know, oh, I appreciate that. It's just, you know, as another woman working in the industry and being successful and your journey has been incredible. Why don't you just tell our listeners, and maybe if there are a few people who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you're also a teacher now. You're a lecturer. OK, we know you're a singer songwriter. But just tell us a little bit about when your journey started. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I am a born and bred Bristolian. I grew up in St. Paul's. I have been um, immersed in music from a very young age, since I was a teenager. I was in a part of a band called Laid Black. And my musical journey started in school when I started writing songs in the form of poetry. And I just kind of dived into it from a young age. And that moved on to me performing on the live circuit in, in Bristol and London predominantly and then getting management and signing record deals and then traveling internationally and collaborating with some of my musical heroes and yeah and then falling out of love completely with music and the whole journey and, and, and the industry and taking some time out and then getting back into it in the form of education which I never thought was ever going to be part of my journey but I really love holding workshops and masterclasses and teaching songwriting and vocal technique and, and that sort of thing and now I yeah I I'm a tutor at a musical academy where I teach creative artistry degree and I also work a lot with TV and film and big brands coming up with advert music and, and music for film scores and I'm also releasing some new music after I've taken a, such a long hiatus from releasing my own stuff so there's quite a lot going on at the moment I'm really <laughs> really excited to speak to you because there's so much there I just want to sort of unpick and and talk about you know for a start working with Lay Black amazing <laughs> love what they do saying that you yeah, work with some of your heroes yeah shout yeah. out Joe Peng and, and DJ Bungie we love those guys but also the falling in and out of love with the industry I want to talk about that but let's just start on a positive note who are some of the heroes that you worked with oh bruno mars emily sandy labyrinth wayne hector who's a fantastic songwriter god there's been so many i work with jordan crisp who's a brilliant producer who i did the fabulous track with just to give listeners an idea of what the fabulous track is this is kind of what made me decide to get in touch with tanya again at the moment because i came across a track that she's written for a feature film called queen pins which is streaming on amazon prime as we speak and it's a <laughs> wicked 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 track It's a hell of a banger. And, and oh, I was like, you. wow, I wonder how she got into writing soundtracks for movies. And I just thought, and then, of course, I heard about the collab you've done with Kanaz, that amazing track called Time is Counting as well. And I just thought this is a great opportunity to chat to you. And it's fascinating to hear how you spoke about falling in and out of love of music. And I really just, I, I can't wait any longer. I just want to talk to you about that. <laughs> what, what, what happened to make you fall out of love with the industry? Well, I think I think whenever you enter an industry that is, is highly competitive and very convoluted in terms of how you navigate through it, you find out that it requires you to have a real knowing of who you are, your identity, and also building trust with people and working with people that you that you feel that you can trust. And I think the industry, at least what I experienced of it, I found it to be very difficult 
for me to find my footing and also just experiences with with business deals that went a bit sour and relationships business relationships that weren't what they appeared to be. So all of these kind of revelations led up to me just feeling like I really didn't want to be a part of that. It's a conflict between, okay, well, I, I love music and I know that I am talented as a songwriter and a vocalist and I love this. This is my, this feels very much like this is what I'm supposed to do. However, there is a real conflict of, of emotion when it comes to the industry and being a part of that. And so I felt like, I needed to take some time, take stock, and also get to know who I was away from music because I think one of the most detrimental things you can do as an artist or, or as a creative is to assign your identity based on what it is you do because when you're not doing that thing that you do, who are you? So I needed to find myself and I needed to heal and I needed to grow and come back stronger. And the thing is, it is a real cutthroat industry where there is a lot of money to be made and it does Absolutely. attract a really nasty element towards it. You know, there's the the, the kind of the mix with the drugs that get involved with music industry that kind of can so often drag so many down the dark road but then also Absolutely. the unsavory types that it attracts because they want to make a fast buck or they maybe yes. want to push you down a road that you don't want to be even if it isn't you know something that's particularly malicious or nasty sometimes you can be forced to go down a road maybe that isn't what you want to do musically exactly, and did you find exactly. that hard I did. I consider myself really lucky to have the experience that I've had as an artist who's been signed to a major label because I and also an artist now who is very much DIY and I work with maybe smaller, smaller teams. Was it Sony that you were signed to, just so for our listeners' sake? Yeah, I was yeah. signed to Sony RCA, yeah. yeah. And and it's such a different way of it's just a different way of, of operating as an artist and there's different loopholes to jump through. There's different pros and cons from doing it DIY to having a big label with more clout behind you. But it's definitely something that I can speak on now confidently having gone through that. And it helps me when I'm, you know, discussing the sort of pitfalls that you might find with working with a major. When I'm, you know, talking with up and coming artists who want a bit more of a well-rounded glimpse into maybe where they should be going or what might be suitable for them. So what um, would you advise then if you, you know, for somebody who's maybe starting out in their career, what tips and advice have you got for them? And particularly for women, I think would be interesting to hear. For women, I mean, I I would definitely say that collaboration is key. At the beginning of my career, when I first started working with my old manager, it was almost like I was on this treadmill of writing camps. So what I mean by that is I was literally in the studio every day and I was working part time as well. And so it was quite a grueling process. But what I found is I built up a lot of resilience through that and I learned a lot by working with other people who were, at the time, I, I believe they were better than what I was at my level. So collaborating as much as possible, getting out and meeting new people. The thing is, you can't stop yourself from making mistakes because you will make mistakes and you might end up working with someone who is a bit of a bad apple but you have to go through this it's almost like a rite of passage nobody enters an industry and has a smooth sailing time like you will get burnt and you will you will get stronger from it hopefully but yeah i think it's really important to sort of to collaborate as much as possible and to write just write without you know any apologies just be unapologetic with what you have to express because we've all got something to share and learn from each other so yeah building your identity is crucial in, in the early stages for sure and understanding your own identity I think you referred to that earlier about knowing who you are and that's something that just can come with age and time really isn't it I mean it's evolutionary you never stop yeah. learning about who you are and I think every new situation brings upon a new way to explore how you maybe dealt with a situation or who 
who you were at that time and who you are now and that's you know there's a lot of reflection required there's a lot of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations where you have you know no no choice but to learn from it and to think you know on your feet looking back now are there moments in your career where you think that was a groundbreaking moment or that was the one moment that made a difference to my career or that moment opened doors for me I think there have been loads of little moments like that. It's a journey, isn't it? So every action has a reaction and and that's why it's so important to do things, get out and do things because you just don't know what is going to open up the next opportunity or next door for you. So, and I've always been someone who just dives in straight, you know, and I I don't really have much fear or caution, which which has served me great in some ways, but in other respects, I've learned that maybe I need to kind of assess things before, you know, diving into a new project or working with people that might not actually have my best interest. When I toured with Bruno Mars, and that was, that's always been a highlight for me because he's such a phenomenal artist, songwriter. Yeah. When was that? What year was that? You remember? God, I think that might have been like 2011 or 12. Okay. It was a Do Wops and Hooligans tour. Did the last leg of the European tour with him. And that was a, quite a big turning point because up until that point, I mean, when you're starting out as a, as a songwriter and a performer, I think there's always this, this niggling where you, you want to receive some sort of validation from your peers and from people who are listening to your music to build upon your own self-belief that you are actually good enough. So when you get these opportunities where you're performing alongside someone who you think is, you know, such a high caliber it really just reinforces your own belief in yourself so that was a turning point so when i took some time out of music i literally just i was a, a shell of myself i'd gone sure. through a lot at that point and i just disconnected i didn't even want to listen to music what year are we now we are in 2014-15 okay so a few years after the bruno mars tour a few years after that i mean i felt like i didn't want to be in the, my deal anymore it didn't feel like it was working it wasn't flowing it just felt like things hit a bit of a a stagnant point for me and I started to I just started to feel quite down about the whole process and the whole the politics behind the industry and everything sort of got a bit too much for me so I needed to take some time out well you said that you didn't even want to listen to music yeah yeah I had enough (laughs) I checked out I checked out I had you know I've experienced at at that particular moment in my life I experienced quite heavy depression from certain things that had happened in my journey right. and I just wanted out but I still I still loved music of course you could be telling my story do you know what I mean it's so bizarre it's so bizarre I, I had some so hor- have, yeah, yeah. And, and as women I, I was attacked and stalked and had so many oh horrendous God. things happen that yeah I completely fell out of love with the industry and completely withdrew and I didn't yeah. think I would return and it wasn't until years after being a mum that actually I wanted to start skill sharing and realized you know what I had a great career I was really lucky I was very successful and what gave me my passion back was as you mentioned earlier yourself is skill sharing and teaching a whole new generation of people so what was the turning point that made you think actually I can finally start listening to music again and start putting your toe back in the water well, when I had my chapter of depression and I kind of, I get, like you said, I, I completely withdrew from music and the industry and I was, I kind of, yeah, went silent. I had to undergo a lot of healing from what I'd been through and I had to do a lot of digging deep and a lot of personal 
discovery, self-discovery and all that sort of thing. And I had the opportunity, someone said to me, why don't you audition for The Voice? Now, I've always been very vocal about my belief that artists who are the most authentic don't come from TV shows where they're manufactured. And so it seemed like it was a bit of a conflict of interest for me to then go on a show that most people would just deem as an entertainment show that creates manufactured artists. But in line with what I'd gone through with my own personal journey with healing this was almost like you know when you have an alcoholic who's on a 12-step program and the, the last part of the program is getting back on the horse essentially for yeah. me and that was okay have I still got what it takes to go on to national tv potentially make a huge embarrassment of myself <laughs> if no one turns their chair for me and and have I got have I got the courage and the tenacity to do something from not being able to move from my bed and be you know crying every day for weeks and weeks on end and not eating can I do that and go on to national tv and and this will be my last completing step in the terms of my healing and this was a real sort of tricky disposition to find myself in because if if it had gone left then it could have been really detrimental to me but fortunately i i went through the process just like everybody else did i went on to the blind auditions i got two chair turns and that really for me that was the accomplishment that was like okay regardless of all of the pitfalls that you've you know you've experienced in your career all of the mistakes that you've made all of the negativity that you've experienced you've had the the courage to take this this last leap and and for me that was the real sense of accomplishment and that was a real turning point for me and just to explain to our listeners who maybe who don't know what happened on the voice what happened after those two chairs turned and who was it it was Gavin Rosdell who yeah. turned for me and Tom Jones. Yeah. And and that was, you know, that was that was incredible. And then Will I Am and Jennifer <laughs> Hudson didn't turn for me. Ironically, yeah. I really wanted Jennifer Hudson to turn for me. I think she's got a fantastic voice. Yeah. But ironically, Will I Am hadn't turned for me and I'd never met Will I Am, but he had used a chorus and part of a song that I'd written when I was signed to Sony, which later became the hardest ever, a yep. song that he released with Mick Jagger and J Lo. And so um, he was like, Oh, you know when they have that little conversation with yep. you when they haven't turned for you so he's like so you write music and i was like well yeah <laughs> i've written for you and, <laughs> and i think that the penny dropped for him yeah. and he, you know and i also think it was really important for the public to see that just because you've got people collaborating with each other doesn't mean they've ever met each other doesn't, even, doesn't mean that they they know anything of each other it's such a different industry once you're in it compared to how you perceive it when you're not in it oh massively so, um, and i just you know and i'm so sorry that you experienced bouts of depression like that and I just wanted to ask you know as somebody who I can relate to those I mean I haven't performed in front of hundreds of thousands of people but I have you know been on the radio to millions of people done national radio and hosted main stages at festivals and there's that huge buzz that adrenaline that comes with performing in front of a, a huge amount of people which you will have done many times especially on the Bruno Mars tours do you think that actually trying to live a normal life after having such a immense highs like that is maybe something to do with why you experience depression i definitely think that it is the amount of adrenaline that you get from performing and the energy exchange that you that takes place when you're in a festival setting or a club or whatever is not quote unquote normal so i think it takes a lot of a lot for someone to be able to one wind down from that and integrate back into sort of normality as it were and i think this is why a lot of artists end up having drinking problems or getting involved with drugs and sort of taking the uppers and the downers and trying to regulate with that i think with fame comes a lot of mental illness because it's a lot for a human being to to process and there are so many moving parts and so many 
people that get introduced into your life very quickly that you have no idea who they are and all of a sudden you speak to them more than you speak to your, your family because it's such a fast-paced environment and there's a lot of money on the line. Living something like that, normal life, just doesn't seem very normal, does it? Yeah, I'm split with that because I think after having so much intensity of that, I think what I was actually craving was some sort of grounding, some normality. And it's quite a contradictory space to be in because sometimes you might feel like you want that hype and you want that adrenaline and you want to be outperforming. And then at other times you also want the, the benefit of nobody knowing who you are and being able to have that downtime. I feel like there's always that sort of conflict at play with people who are maybe in the public eye or have a job that is in entertainment or music. What about as a woman? And I know I sort of mentioned it briefly earlier. Do you feel that you've had barriers in the industry that a man wouldn't have? And if so, what have they been? Well, first of all, I don't believe that there's any barrier that can really stop you if you're really determined and you you have the talent and the sure. and the drive but i do think that it's a very patriarchal setup in the sense that i've seen it happen time and time again and i believe it's probably happened with me where they you find that people will be having their own invested interest in other artists and if you're a bit too similar looking to another artist or you sound like another artist they will try and put you up against them they create a kind of rivalry and i think when you are in that position you it's very easy to be manipulated into thinking that there's a very limited amount of space for you and i think when you're operating from a place of fear as an artist because you think someone else is going to take your spot that is one of the most detrimental mindsets to find yourself in because all of a sudden you find yourself looking at what other people are doing rather than focusing on yourself and having belief in what you've got to say and all of a sudden it's it all becomes a bit a bit muddied the water has become muddied and you you find yourself focusing on the wrong things and i think that happens a lot i think females are pitted against each other so much that it's almost become normalized and that's really dangerous and it's really sad as well so i hope moving forward that there can be more women who are behind the scenes who don't play those kind of manipulative games with other artists, especially female artists who are up and coming. Tanya, it's a really interesting perspective. What I was thinking about, you know, we've been through the Me Too campaign in the sort of film industry and the spotlight's being held over the industry and we haven't really had that quite so much in the music business and I was wondering if you might adhere to something like that you know maybe people trying to get you to do things that you didn't want or maybe bullying you or you know abusing you in some way but actually what you've said I didn't expect that at all and that's where your knowledge of the industry compared to somebody else who doesn't work within the industry can really help young women coming in so yeah really interesting to hear what you have to say you're now an independent why did you decide to become an independent artist? Well, that's the path that presented itself to me. I mean, if we rewind back to The Voice, I mean, I never went on The Voice with the intention of winning or securing a record deal with a major label after that. I went on there simply for the purpose of proving to myself that I hadn't been defeated by my journey and that I still had what it took to perform. So why was it important for you to become an independent artist? So I feel like the root of being independent is something that came to me and it felt very organic and it, it moved very organically. and. 
prior to being a DIY artist, I was signed, I had publishing deals, I've traveled internationally and worked with so many people. I had a very extensive network in terms of producers and songwriters and artists. And, and so I just found myself naturally managing myself and applying myself to the point where I could reach out to people and get involved in projects. I had to be really proactive and I still am very proactive, but because of my journey, I was able to do that a lot more skillfully and it just feels like I'm in the driving seat and that is what I essentially wanted all along but I didn't have the resources or the ability to believe that I could do that myself or the faith in myself or the knowledge of the industry so it's like everything matters whatever journey you take in life everything matters you're constantly learning and you just have to trust the process and I feel like I'm a lot stronger than I've ever been you know and, and that's why I can be a DIY artist because there's so many things to manage and micromanage and that takes time and it takes time to build up your skills in that area. I can really see you still have a huge passion for the industry. I just wanted to pick up, we mentioned earlier about how you'd written a, a soundtrack for a film. How do you go about getting an opportunity to write a track for a film? Well, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, that actual song that you're talking about, the fabulous song. I've known the producer who created that. I've known him for like over 10 years. We were working together on my projects when I was signed to Sony. And so this is what I mean about, you know, the journey and how long it takes to build up your network of contacts. Out of the blue, he rang me. He wanted me to jump on. This was a few years later. I hadn't spoke to him for like maybe eight or nine years. And he rang me out of the blue and said, oh, you know, we have a really good working relationship. He asked me to jump on a song for another project. And that project, we didn't actually get that project. We didn't win that project. But what we discovered is that we still had such a really good working rapport. And it's so fun working with him. We just laugh constantly. And, you know, we create the best music when we're together in that environment. And so we just started creating lots of songs. And that happened to be one song that ended up getting on the Queenpins film. But also it was used for multiple adverts as well. It was pitched for Nissan and also Xbox used it as well. So, yeah, this is a great opportunity. Why don't we take a quick music break? Tell us a little bit about this track, Fabulous, that we're about to hear. Okay, so all the vocals are done by myself. It's a really upbeat, positive, fun, sassy song. It's about not letting anyone tell you that you're anything other than fabulous. And just a fun song to dance around to. <laughs> Wicked. So this is Tanya Lacey with her track taken from the film Queen Pins, and it's called Fabulous. Now, here we go. I can't help it if I'm popping, see them watch like It's outrageous how this flavor got him shook like You can't play me, rain me in or try and tame me I feel fabulous I'm the cause of everybody's concern. Be making them heads turn like, woo. Oh my gosh. I feel fabulous.
that was the amazing track Fabulous by Tanya Lacey, which is featured in the new Queen Pins movie, which is starring Kirsten Bell, Kirby Howe Baptist and Vince Vaughan, and now streaming on Amazon Prime. That's an amazing track. I absolutely love it. It was one of the reasons I got in touch with you again. I thought, God, she is still out there. She is doing stuff. And then I heard about, I heard the Canis Trap, the collaboration with Canis, Time is Counting, which has got so many amazing local Bristol artists from Blacksmith, Punishment, Impact Merv, Wise Guy. Junior Ellis, yeah. Right, yeah, amazing. What brought that collaboration with Canis around? I've known I've known Kaners for years. I mean, like you know, like you know this as well as I do, Miranda. The music industry is so small, and especially as, as an artist, you, you get to know people in your in your area, in your community, in, on the scene. And jumped on a, a remix celebration remix with Kaners a little while back. And yeah, so he told me about this idea that he wanted to bring lots of artists together. Again, representing Bristol, we are stronger than when we work together, when we collaborate. You know, rather than being pitted against each other. I was definitely up for that. And yeah, and so it all came about again really organically gave me you know free reign to be creative with the video as well i didn't want to do the whole pretty girl aesthetic i was i'm kind of over that i wanted to look like a visual representation of how i felt the music industry had treated me so i I decided to have a a pencil being stabbed through my jugular and my throat and i wanted to look like a bit of a zombie so it was a bit um a bit fun and a bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know you know taking yeah. a battering as a, as a songwriter I That's just wanted it so to be cool. fun yeah absolutely and I love it and knowing that you're now teaching a whole new generation of, of young people is great so what's in the future for Tanya Lacey what would you like to happen over the next few years I really enjoy teaching I love cultivating talent and I love being able to still be in the studio and create music as well as performing as well so in the future I'm actually releasing new music this year it's been so long and I've been saying it every year I've got new music coming out but there's always (laughs) other things that get in the way but now it's you know my songs are being mixed and mastered as we speak and so I just want to put music out that feels really authentic to me and and have that balance of being able to teach as well I really love teaching I love holding workshops and I love writing and that's always going to be something that I do. What about live performance? Do you think we might see you at St. Paul's Carnival? Absolutely. If, if it's on this year, is it going to be well, on? Well, I hope so. I mean, Ujima, we often run the main stage. So I uh, trust me, yeah. I'll be in touch if it is. Oh, yeah. I'll look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Listen, Tanya, it's been a real privilege talking to you today. Thank you, Thank so, you so, much. so much. Let's finish up with one of your amazing tracks called Greatness. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay. So for Greatness, I had the pleasure of working with an artist that I really admire. A great guy called Kano. And this was a song that I released on my EP, Head Chef. And yeah, it's an old but a goodie it's all about positive uplifting vibes Tanya Lacey thank you so much for joining us today hey out of sight and out of mind I let you go without a fight cause I knew back then we had to part ways nothing more to do nothing left to say but if there is one thing that I've learned you can cross the bridge you burn cause I'm done with the hurt I'm done with the pain and in my heart you still got a place yeah when you've been through so much and it's Over lots 
lost it all Gotta get back up anytime you fall Cause I'll be damned if I let things get to me Gotta switch it up, yeah, it's up to me Lead the way to what you want Follow your footsteps, keep keeping on If you know that you just can't be apart Go and get your love, listen to your heart, yeah When you've been through so much And it's still not enough You gotta get through the time Custom suit, got the lyrics in the line and ripping Cruise round town, music up loud That climb to the top's a longer way down That's why I'm grinding all seasons Cause everything happens for a reason I second what's easy Radio, it's the sound of Bristol.